Story Show listeners, Jeremy here. I'm here with Angie and Riley, and uh, we're going to introduce our final story from January's Invisibility Show as we gear up for the July 26th Story Show, the Let Your Light Shine Story Show at the Marion Ross Performing Arts Center here in Albert Lee. And uh, today's story is from Shane Kepke, and it's called Granny's Secret, right? <laughs> So, <laughs> wow, you guys laugh just saying the title. Like, how good was this story? I'm so mad that I missed it. Uh, we this just... story is like a warm ball of joy that just sits inside of me now. It really kind of brought down the house. Uh, it, was the, it was the best uh, closing story for that show because we had a lot of heavy, mm-hmm. kind of serious stories, and this one definitely ended <laughs> on a lighter note. And yeah. so it's, it took invisibility in a whole different direction. It really did. Yeah, yeah. So it it it's kind of touches on like eccentricities and uh, not knowing what the rules are or what the everyone's knowledge is in a family and when you join a family and mm-hmm. so can you relate it all to this Angie yeah well not so much in the family I joined but I remember right after Josh and I got married um, we got our marriage license like the official one it was all good to go um, and I went and I put it in the fridge Cause like that's what we did in my family. <laughs> you put all of your important documents no in a drawer way. in the fridge. In yeah. the fridge, not the we, freezer. No, the fridge. Like a straight up one of our CRISPR drawers was for all of our passports, our marriage <laughs> license, social security card, <laughs> any cool coins we found. Like all the things that you did. Need. Did other items make it into that that? that drawer or was it just documents and stuff? I mean, oh, like, yeah. is there baloney as, touching? Oh, the... oh, no, no, baloney, but us kids would throw things we thought were important in there. Like, like, <laughs> they would slowly make their way back out, but totally normal. I was like, we're going to start our fridge drawer. Marriage license is the first one in there. And I remember Josh looking at me and being like, what I are you never doing? I mean, I've heard of people keeping money in a freezer, like drug dealers and you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that, but... Yeah, our, our document drawer in the fridge. Um, and it, it comes from a good place. Like, um, my mom had friends who had their house burned, and the only thing that didn't burn was the fridge. Wow. And so they Never learned heard of that. you put everything that you care about in the fridge because it's the thing that's not that's going to be there if something terrible happens. It's, and so That's funny. We, we were given, Jenny and I were given a fireproof safe when we got married as one of our wedding gifts. And, you know, like, okay, put your <clears throat> marriage certificate in it, right? And uh, the problem is it's not big enough to hold any important document without <laughs> having to crease it. Right. <laughs> it's like the dumbest <laughs> thing in the world. And I don't remember who gave it to us. Their intentions were great. But now we have all of our important documents with creases. And, nice. You know. Well, now I've given you the gift of the fridge drawer. Yeah. And, and we have a really wide, uh, a really wide um, pull-out drawer in the bottom of our fridge. It's going to be perfect for this stuff. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's spreading people. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Riley? Oh, well, I, my family is really mundane. And so you think that you're never going to have these types of stories, but um, what I can relate to is that my family is uh, really bad at communicating, and yet that's what my job was as a teacher. I taught communication, so I should have been better at it, but uh, my family uh, and I cannot communicate, and so the, the simplest, like, hey, we're going to meet at this place at this time, seems to get uh, really convoluted, and so 
everything is a process with my family. And so we're never on the same page. And to what, so outside, when people marry into our family, uh, my wife or uh, my sister's husband, um, they just look at us like, how can things this easy be this hard? <laughs> and so we, we struggle through a lot of very easy things. Um, that, that's the best I have. I, I, don't, I don't have any cold, hard uh, um, secrets in my refrigerator or anything. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I can think of is uh, when uh, when I started dating Jenny, and the, one of the first times that I met her family, her dad made steaks for us, and this is sort of like a religion in the Greenus family is like meat steaks, especially <laughs> steaks because uh, Jack raised uh, cattle and and it was grass fed the best, you know. And I'm not I've never been a real big steak eater, and you know, and so just being, you know, uninitiated, I asked a really dumb question. Do you guys happen to have any steak sauce, like uh, A1 or Heinz 57? (laughs) And as soon as I said that, uh, people are just looking at me like, how dare you? How dare you? Because her dad's steak was so good, you didn't need anything. And who's this rube coming in and, you know, asking this question? But... Yeah, so I don't know. We I think we've gotten through it though, you know. I think we've gotten through it. But anyway, so back to Shane's story. Uh, Shane is somewhat new to the community. He and his wife Janelle and their kids moved here a couple of years ago, and they actually live down the street from me. And they're awesome people. And um, we get him back, right? He's, yeah. Yeah, he's in uh, our next show. So if you enjoy this one. Um, and get a sense for the quality of Shane's writing and performing. I think you'll really, uh, really enjoy coming to uh, the Let Your Light Shine show because he'll be featured there too. All right, any closing words, guys? As we we're almost to show time here, what yeah. do you think? Well, I really want steak now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's hungry for steak. I noticed Riley drifted off there for a second. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, hope you enjoy Shane's story, and we hope that you see us on July 26th. All right. See ya. Thanks. Bye. Shane Kepke has an interest in finding out what makes people creative. As a social worker turned pastor, he thinks that the creative spark is what makes being human so wonderful. He can often be found quizzing artists on Instagram or at coffee shops. A few years ago, his family received one-on-one security presence when they thought his then six-year-old son was getting a little too close to a painting by Jackson Pollock. (laughs) Shane is always looking for inspiration Whether hiking, painting, or photography, he always tries to take a second look at life and find a new beauty in the subject. Granny's Secret by Shane Kepke. I was always under the impression that I was the only one with an odd family. I was the only one who had to help hide the skeletons hiding deep within. Even after I was married, I never saw my in-laws fight beyond normal expectations. You see, I was raised by my parents and in part by my grandparents who lived right next door. 
So close were my grandparents that my brother and I would steal the remote control from my grandma's television. And if we stood in the kitchen window at our house, pointing it into the kitchen window of her house, we could change the channel while she was sitting there, enjoying her evening programming. She would think she sat on the remote. But then when she couldn't find it, she would change the channel manually and then go back to watching her show. And just as she was settled in, we would shut the TV off. At this, her arms would fly up in the air and she would look harder this time, but no luck. And she would turn it on, settle in, and click. The volume would go all the way up. At this, my brother and I couldn't hold in our laughter anymore and we could easily be heard from our perch next door roaring. At this, she would open her window and scream out her window at us, you little shits get back over here with that remote right now. And away we would go, tails between our legs and big smiles on our faces. But here's the thing, I thought we were the only family that did weird stuff like that. I was the only kid I knew whose grandparents lived right next door, so close that they could also hear and see all of our little secrets and squabbles, our trials and our errors, and we in turn, of course, could see theirs. From a young age, I knew deep that I knew the deep imperfections of family as well as the deep intimacy that comes with daily living. So when my wife and I got married, I did what I always did. I assumed that my family was the weird one, the one with over-involved grandparents. Other grandparents are normal, I told myself. They bake cookies and knit sweaters. When they lie on the couch to read the newspaper, they put on pajamas or at least a robe. <laughs> They aren't like my grandfather, who typically did so in his underwear, just his underwear, an image I still can't unsee. Other grandparents didn't do weird stuff like that, right? And the illusion stayed pretty good. My wife Janelle and I would go to her grandparents' house to help with the house. I would clean light fixtures while Janelle stood at her grandmother's side and learned the special family recipe for angel food cake and cinnamon rolls, room temperature eggs, by the way, that are at least three days old. Those are perfect. No, not perfect. Necessary for both. Janelle never told a vulgar or scandalous story. She never spoke ill of them. In fact, she only talked about them in loving memories, like a picnic on a warm day, never too hot or too cold, just the right amount of breeze. Her memories and living with them seemed so wonderful. So when it came time to figure out who was going to drive grandma to my brother-in-law's wedding in Wyoming, I volunteered us without even asking Janelle. We can do it, I said with confidence that everyone seemed a little surprised at. What, I said, she's great, we can bring her out, no problem. On the ride home, Janelle told me that she was surprised when I inquired, and when I inquired why it would be a problem if she came along, she simply said that grandma can be a bit stubborn. Okay, I thought, can't be any worse than a grandparent who reads their paper in his underwear. So I disregarded the concern and pushed on toward the goal of proving that I was a normal addition to this family. So the big day came and we, were, we pull up to grandma's house, loaded up the car and I asked the question all people ask. Do you have everything you need, Evelyn? Oh, of course I do, she said as she chuckled and patted her belly in a slightly odd way. <laughs> okay, I thought, no big deal. Lots of older people do weird things that I don't understand. 
The trip, uh, the, the trip was about eight hours long across the entire state of Nebraska, which, if you aren't aware, is not an entirely exciting trip. I mean, it is if you like roads that don't really turn and views that basically look like the same ranch over and over again. I suppose it has its own kind of beauty, but it can also be very monotonous. But just inside the mountain time zone, about two-thirds of the way through the state, you come to this little town, Paxton, Nebraska, and in this tiny town, there's a small restaurant called Oli's Big Game Steakhouse and Lounge, which is, I kid you not, the largest collection of mounted animal heads you've ever seen in one place. You walk in, and there's a polar bear with its paw holding down a small seal it just captured. Around the bar are more animal heads. Anything with horns or an interesting fur pattern are here. On top of the beer cooler sits the head and neck of a giraffe, like it somehow was surgically attached, making it some sort of exotic food truck. <laughs> Wherever you look, there are animals, some of which were hunted probably before it was illegal to do so for that species, and others I think I'd rather not know the full details of. But Oli's is a good spot for an omnivore family to stretch, and it isn't fast food. Plus, we thought Grandma might enjoy looking at the taxidermy as we ate. <laughs> and it worked. Like the classy woman she was, she pointed out the animals, shared some of her knowledge. It was just lovely. And I thought to myself as we were finishing up the leisurely lunch how lovely it was. The waitress dropped off the bill, and Evelyn was clear to tell me that she was going to pay the bill as I reached for my wallet. But, she said... I need to use the restroom before I can pay. No, I can pay, I said. But she came back with a firm, no, you kids are driving me all the way. The least I can do is buy lunch. Just let me run to the restroom first. Okay, we both said. And she returned a few minutes later, cash in hand, slipped it into the bill folder, and we were ready to go. We arrived at the hotel a few hours later, just behind my mother and father-in-law who had just checked in. The whole family, as well as other wedding guests, had filled the small hotel lobby my lovely, sensible, and very normal grandmother-in-law walks up to the counter, gives her name while everyone else makes small talk about the journey. Suddenly, everyone hears the raised voice of an agitated octogenarian. I don't need to give you that information. I already gave it to you over the phone last week, Evelyn exclaims. The man behind the counter, confused and yet compassionate, replies, yes, I know, but we just need to see your ID and have a physical copy of your credit card for any incidentals you might purchase. Again, and more agitated, Grandma Evelyn says, I gave you the information last week. Besides, I won't buy anything in my room. I'm here with my family for a wedding. Now I can see the scene starting to break down. My wife's grandmother is visibly upset over something that was routine, and my mother-in-law is now stepping up to the plate, explaining again, like the hotel attendant before, that the card is necessary for check-in. This time, Grandma Evelyn starts to stammer on her feet, and I'm starting to feel bad because my mother-in-law is starting to get louder and louder about it all until she finally shouts, Give her the, give him the damn card, Mom! <laughs> to which, and I kid you not, my sweet angel food cake, award-winning grandmother of my wife, plunges her hand down the front of her elastic-waisted polyester slacks, rummages around in her knickers for what seems like an eternity, while the rest of the hotel lobby looks on. She produces two cards. She slaps her ID and her credit card on the table. No words are spoken. 
And I see, and I see a horror on the hotel attendant's face as he processes that he and only he will have to pick up these underwear hidden, <laughs> these underwear hidden cards to finish the transaction. And he does, with the fewest fingers possible, I might add, while still trying to remain dignified in the moment. He slides the cards across the counter along with the room keys and tells Evelyn to have a nice day. She thanks him, <laughs> pretends that what happened didn't really happen, and walks to her room. My wife turns to her mother and says, what was that all about? <laughs> My mother-in-law begins to laugh and says, she was so afraid to travel across state lines with her cash and her credit card in the same purse, she asked me to sew pockets into all of her panties, so I did. <laughs> Everyone but me simply laughs, shrugs, and we shift our attention to the impending wedding rehearsal that night. I, on the other hand, am left euphorically in the moment of chaos. I had just witnessed this deeper dive into the Im intimacy of this family that I had just joined. I bore witness to the complicated, messy, and at times embarrassing, embarrassingly hilarious moments of family that lie just below the surface of all our relationships. I think it's the invisible and yet known ways we interact and live together. The way we know each other without words and how even in the depth of our fear, We'll stop what we're doing to sew pockets into our loved one's underwear. <laughs> revealing that every family, no matter how put together, carries an invisible story to treasure. Even though Evelyn's been dead for two years, this memory lives on. Every time I take a vacation over state lines with my wife and my family, I ask my wife, hey, did you remember to sew pockets in our underwear? <laughs> Thank you. Story Show is produced by Riley Wirth, Angie Zoller-Barker, and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. Check out our new webpage at thestoryshow.org, and please listen to our podcast. You can find us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Just search for The Story Show in quotes, and you should find us. Thanks. Thanks.